Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA Kings Road Talk Radio. crazy game and uh, here to help me uh, break this one down is Mr. Jeff Duarte hey Jeff how are you buddy oh man I I just went through a uh, roller coaster of emotions in this game against the Coyotes that I'm almost like speechless plus the fact that it's one in the morning right now and now you know based on that game I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight because it was such a roller coaster but uh you know what? The Kings were able to salvage a point, just like you said, after being down and it looked like they were out of it, but they were able to get at least a point, which is extremely important. So uh, there is some positives that come out of this game. How are you, Hip? I am doing good. And boy, did this game have it all. I mean, really, it looked like uh, the Kings were going to lay a colossal egg, uh, come back rally in the third period, as they always do. And then just for good measure, we had another uh, Toronto challenge where the goal was ruled good, but the uh, goaltender interference was called. And then, and then the fun began. Like, really, you know, it was uh, ju- just a crazy game. And really, really, Jeff, I don't, I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. Uh, just because, once again, the way – I mean, Kings were down three to nothing and just looked like a, a catastrophe, really. And uh, I guess, really, if we had a uh, – a, a, a legitimate beef that we should talk about really was like, literally if the Kings won the game tonight, it, it, it would have, I mean, really they didn't deserve to win. And in, in all, all honesty, could you, Je, uh, Jeff, was there one time tonight where the Kings actually had a five man breakout? Hell, I don't know if they had a four man breakout at any point in the game. There was, there was no time in the game where the Kings, as a five-man unit and arguably a four-man unit, moved the puck up ice in a cohesive unit. Uh, is that a fair statement? Yeah, it is, because uh, once you asked me that, my mind went completely blank because I can't remember uh, any happening. So uh, just a strange, odd game. 
again, typical LA Kings fashion, taking on a lesser or, or inferior Arizona Coyotes, and yet the Kings can't play their game. For most of the game, they were playing the Coyotes game, and uh, it was hurting the Kings throughout. But luckily, Carter and Dowdy were able to team up and get things together. Jack Campbell made some big saves. But, yeah, just the Kings seemed like they weren't even playing for the first two periods, which was so strange. After such a strong game against the Vancouver Canucks, yet, you know, they can't keep a consistent role going, a win streak, or, you know, so to speak, so they can really drive during the stretch run to get that playoff position. And it's almost like the Kings and the Ducks are telling each other, hey, why don't you get the third plate spot? We don't want it. And the Ducks are saying to Kings, hey, no, you guys might as well go for it because we don't want it because both teams are losing left, right, and center or losing points left, right, and center, that it's turning out to be a, a one of the most strangest battle for third place uh, in the division to get a playoff spot because it's almost like when there's a chance for a team like L.A. to jump in and take that spot, sometimes they don't take it and vice versa. And, yeah, pretty much I'm talking about the Chicago game and the Edmonton game before that when uh, the, the well-dressed monkeys in the Toronto Situation Room took a goal away from Dustin Brown who would have tied it up against Edmonton and uh, the Kings could have at least got a point. But I'm just happy at least today. I'm not happy with how they started, how sloppy they were, all the turnovers they were creating, but they did fight back, and it shows what a difference it makes to have Jeff Carter back on his team after being injured for so long that really with Carter and Dowdy and big saves by Campbell really kept the Kings in it and at least get that one point. But uh, – you know what? I still think this is a game that the Kings should have won, but they did not come strong out of the gate, and Coyotes did. They were ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, lest we forget that Calgary actually beat the Oilers tonight, and now they are tied with the Ducks uh, with 80 points. Kings one point ahead of them by virtue of tonight's win. And, you know, you're so right, Jeff, when we look at the, the once again, that Edmonton game, you look at the Chicago game, uh, you look at the St. Louis game where they, they laid an egg. Hell, they only needed one point out of, out of all of those. I mean, they get one win and they're in second place, you know. So you look at those three games that really all of those could have been wins. And, and I actually want to correct myself uh, the, uh, with the updated uh, game now. Kings actually have a two-point cushion over the Ducks and the Flames, uh, one game in hand uh, over the Flames tonight, uh, one point behind the Sharks who have one game in hand over the Kings. So uh, one thing I didn't want to talk about too, Jeff, was tonight completely, it was the best and worst of John Stevens. I mean, he made the great decision to go top heavy and play the hell out of Carter, added, put him on Kopey's line so you had Kopey, Carter, Brown, with Dowdy out there, pretty much that crew single-handedly got the game into overtime. But then in the shootout, the semi-questionable decision to put Trevor Lewis out there as oh, a shooter. Uh, yes. Yeah, and and as much as I love Tyler Toffoli and as much as he is a goal scorer, he is 0-10, I believe, in the shootout. He has never scored a shootout in his goal. Career. so. Right, right. Yeah, so very questionable on on some of those choices uh, that he had could have, could have put out there. 
Dustin Brown's had a lot of success in the overtime. Uh, hell, Tanner Pearson is pretty much an overtime beast when it comes to scoring important overtime goals. You could have went with him, and hell, there's probably some other low-hanging fruit that I'm just forgetting, but uh, indeed the best and worst of John Stevens. But before we continue, Jeff, and because, uh, once again, God bless your heart, 110 there on the East Coast, uh, hey, let's go ahead and we'll bring on uh, Jerry real quick here, too, because we don't know how long our show is going to be just because of the uh, the late time. But, hey, Jerry, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Uh, not at all happy, but, you know, just, <laughs> you know, yet another I'll tell you what, one Jerry has, stolen in yeah, Toronto. Out of, yeah, there was there was so many crazy moments in this game, like, I, I don't even know where to start, but what, what do you think was the, yeah, when they fi- if when you they had to put start your to come back when they yeah. finally start to come back and then they have that goal stolen away like that, that was just bullshit. I like, I like the fact that the Kings bench didn't even celebrate. Like they knew, like there was no elation <laughs> when the ref ruled it yeah. a good goal. Like they did it. You know, they didn't even, they just all sat there. There was no emotion whatsoever, knowing that yeah. it was going to get reviewed. And yeah, then when it got know. overturned. Yeah. yeah, they know that the Toronto Situation Room with those well-dressed monkeys are not Kings fans. I think that's been pretty well known throughout the season. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I well actually kudos, by now. kudos to the Kings for that that they didn't celebrate, they were already getting back into the zone in case they had to go back into the game, which uh, I actually like, commend them for that because if it is a goal, then obviously they would celebrate. But if not, they were ready to go. And uh, that just shows how hungry they were to win. So I like, I like that. I like seeing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and real quick, uh, because once again, we might have a short show. Uh, let's go ahead and bust out. A uh, little bit of uh, of uh, three stars action. Let me cue a little three star music here. All right, there we go. Tonight's three stars as brought to you by your local L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio staff. Uh, first number three, we have a tie, very very close uh, between uh, Dion Phaneuf and uh, Tanner Pearson. Note that we also probably could have even give, uh, given Campbell, as crazy as that sounds, uh, Campbell was huge in the second and third. He stopped that breakaway, and uh, really, you know, that, that they score on that breakaway. It's good night, Henrietta. Kings get no points. So the fact that Campbell stood on his head there in the third, ironically enough, he probably could have been a star. But uh, let's go ahead. Uh, Dion Phaneuf, a uh, pretty good game uh, for him tonight. Uh, really a bunch of ice time, 20, over 20 minutes and just solid. Played a nasty game, too. When the Kings were kind of down, he started roughing it up a little bit, and that kind of yep. turned the tables yep. a little bit. And, uh, you cannot underestimate the guy that does that, really. You know, just who's going to start getting chippy when the chips are down and kind of gets everybody going. So, yes, an invaluable play there. Also, too, Tanner Pearson uh, had the big uh, goal there with the assisted by Kempe. Uh, put the Kings on the board, of course, uh, Phoenix scored right after that, so we were all dejected once again. But, uh, oh, you know what, I, I take that back. It was not the case at all. That was the first goal that rallied the Kings' comeback. But uh, good for Pearson. Probably got cheated there. 
uh, in the uh, in the shootout. I think him or Brown would have been my go-to guy there. Um, number uh, two, we're going to go and give it to Drew Dowdy. Uh, once again, logged a boatload of ice time. Don't think he left the, the ice at all in the overtime in the third. Just such a smart <laughs> player. Uh, had a couple hiccups, but once again, it doesn't really seem to phase him. Over 30 minutes, yes, that's right, 30 minutes of ice time. Uh, two big assists to Jeff Carter's goal, which brings us to a not-so-obvious uh, segue. Let's go ahead and play our little drum roll here, and we'll let Jeff announce our number one star of the game. Who else? But El Jefe, number 77, Jeff Carter, as our player of the game. And this game was a perfect example, as I mentioned earlier, on why it is so important to have Carter play for the Kings. Uh, When he's injured, you know, how much is he missed? Well, missed a lot because look at what he can do. When the going gets tough, Jeff Carter gets going with two big goals. I believe it was both deflections off a Drew Doughty shot from the point. Right place, right time, has the skill, and tied the game 3-3 and salvaged what could have been another disaster for the Kings by allowing the Kings to tie the game up, go into overtime, and at the very least get a point. Plus, Jeff Carter almost had that hat trick if it wasn't for the Toronto situation room because I still say Dowdy was pushed, which led to that goalie interference. But be as it may, Jeff Carter shows why he's the man, and that's why he's our number one player of the game. That's right. Jeff Carter's two goals. uh, His uh, sixth on the season. Fifth and sixth on the season. Hey, uh, I know we're going to make this a short show, but one thing became pretty glaring, obvious, too, that I, I wanted to talk about was uh, really now when we look at the trade for for Darcy Kemper, what a what a crazy, maybe short-sighted and stupid trade, really. I understand the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent uh, or, or going to be an, yeah, an unrestricted free agent, and you want to try to get something with him. But honestly, guys, I mean, are are you really that comfortable, like, if – if Darcy Kempert is in net tonight, do you have any doubts that this is a game we win? And I'll go ahead and roll it with you first, Jerry, and then we'll take it to Jeff. Um, I was having that discussion with somebody on on one of the boards tonight too. Um, I don't I don't know that you can hang that game on Campbell. I thought I thought he I thought he played well. He played you know he he gave up a couple, but. Um, he came back, you know. He came back big from it. Then that that second and third period, he was huge. He kept him. He kept him in the game at that time until they could finally get the offense going. If they had just scored some goals in front of him, it, you know, it's a whole different conversation we're having. But uh, yeah, that's not that, Darcy Kemper. He's not. He's not Darcy Kemper. He's not gonna be. Um, but. You know, I can't I can't fault him too over much for that because he didn't he got no support until the very very end of it. Yeah, to to so, be fair though, Jerry, that second 
that second goal with him doing the snow angel, that looked like something out of, uh, you know, NHL when you're playing one of the league's worst goalies and, you know, he falls and hits it in. I mean, that second goal did not look good at all. Uh, Jeff, uh, your thoughts on that, man. Uh, Darcy Kemper, are you starting to miss him a little bit and starting to wonder about that trade? Oh, I missed him since I found out he was getting traded to Arizona, but I haven't given up on Toby Reader yet. And we were talking about guys in the shootouts. I would have liked to have seen Toby Reader go in there because of his speed and the fact that he has an offensive upside. Now, we haven't really seen it during regular play. He has been a healthy scratch a couple of times. He is still a stranger in a strange land in a new system. Uh, after playing for the Coyotes for a while, he's still trying to adjust to things. And I thought uh, Reader played very well in the Vancouver game when he was with Jeff Carter and Trevor Lewis on the second line. But, you know, he was very invisible in this game, a minus one, et cetera. But, yeah, you know, Darcy Kemper and that, we all know how fantastic he was playing. Campbell did let, let in that bad goal. But you know what? Jonathan Quick lets in bad goals. Darcy Kemper's let in bad goals. The Kings were still able to get back into this game, and Jack Campbell made some amazing saves, not just in the second and the third, but also during the overtime and also during the shootout. You know, but if the Kings can't yeah. score, what can you do? And the Kings need scoring from their bottom six, which is why I liked having Reader to begin with because I thought that's where he was going to be, and he can add some speed on the right side or you know, for either the third or the fourth line. And this is a guy who can who can get 30 points, 40 points, you know, playing for the Coyotes, playing for the, a team like the Kings. You know, this is a guy who can't get points, but he's just not getting some of those opportunities or taking advantage of some opportunities. But I'm not going to hang it on his head because, you know what, it is quite possible that Kemper could have lost his game too for the Kings because as great as he was, Kemper also had bad games, and let's not forget that. Uh, the first time the Kings played Nashville, it was Kemper and that. He was horrible. You know, it happens. Sure, Nashville's a, an extremely better team, any Stanley Cup contender, you know, compared to Arizona. But I, I'm not blaming uh, Jack Campbell for this for this game. I'm blaming that we need guys. We need Kyle Clifford. We need Mitchell to do something. We need Kempe to score. When's the last time Adrian Kempe has actually gotten a goal? You know, it, it's been some time he got an assist today, and that's great. But we need Kempe to put it in. We need Toffoli to score on a regular basis. This is one of the most quietest 20-goal seasons that I have seen in some time. <laughs> and I, I still don't agree with the fact that Stevens and company sent Johnny Brodzinski back down to Ontario. Um, I would have liked to have seen uh, either one of the two extra defensemen go down. I'd like to see Paul Ledoux stay up, so maybe Kevin Gravel go down. Or, and I'm sorry, Hip, this might hurt you a bit, or put Andrew off <laughs> down there and risk him through waivers. If they don't lose him, put him down there so we can bring Brodzinski up. Because remember, before all this, not that long ago, we were praising on this show what I call the triple threat line, the fourth line of Andreas, Amadio, and Brodzinski. And Amadio was a healthy scratch tonight, and Brodzinski's in Ontario. Mitchell's not going to score you too many goals, you know. I would put yep. him off 
bring Amadio, bring up Brzezinski, have that chemistry back together, and put them with Thompson, and then see what happens. Maybe even put them with Reader, and then see what happens. So, you know, John Stevens, there's some things he does that I like. There's some things he does that I don't like. The Trevor Lewis uh, shootout, you know, him being in the shootout, I thought Daryl Sutter all of a sudden was back behind the bench because that's something Sutter would do. I'm surprised he didn't put in Mitchell in the in the shootout because that's something that uh, Sutter would do. But I'm not against the trade yet for Kemper. I do miss him because he was solid. Would he have stayed? He's not. He was not going to stay, guys. We got to start bringing up our guys like Jack Campbell, eventually Cal Peterson. Um, so I haven't given up on Reader yet because we need goals. And as great as Darcy Kemper is, he's not going to score a goal for you. He's not Billy Smith, Martin Roder, or Ron Hextel who can score goals. We need that bottom six scoring for the Kings to have a chance. It can't just be Carter. It can't just be Brown. It can't just be right. It can't just be Drew Doughty. It has to be a complete team effort like we saw in Vancouver. But unfortunately, we did not see that today. Yeah, you know, here's the two things though that I, I wanted to talk about. I'm glad you brought it. Really, if we're if 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 you want to get a return for Kemper because he's an unrestricted free agent, because of the way you're absolutely correct, because of the performance of Brodzinski, Brodzinski was great. You know, yeah, we praised him that he wasn't a liability and he was being able to generate offense from the fourth line. So literally, if if they wanted to get a return for Kemper, knowing he was a UFA, I'm fine with that. But I would have rather just had them. I would have rather just had them. Uh, you know, hell, get a pick, get a fourth round pick. You know, why why Reader is? And let's be honest, Jeff, is Reader clearly that much better than Brzezinski? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, no. What I don't. No. No. Either. No. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, I don't not, know why. That, no, ahead, not to compare to Brzezinski or even Amadio, uh, but to you know compare to Kyle Clifford, compared to Andy Andreoff, and I know Tori Mitchell. You know he could be a face-off guy. He could be a PK guy. He has scored some spectacular goals uh, this year because he scored zero goals with Montreal before he came to LA. But I wouldn't compare Reader with a Brodzinski or an Amadio. I would put them together because the simple thing with Reader was to add speed in the bottom six. But Stevens has him in the second line with Carter and Lewis. And I know the lines went through the blender today, uh, which now this is now our third straight coach that's doing that because Sutter did it and so did Terry Murray. But if we're going to use uh, Kobe Reader, put him down in the bottom six. Don't put him up there because, look, was it not true that Toffoli and Pearson were starting to wake up once Jeff Carter came back? So why is that being messed with? Put Reader on the third and fourth line, and uh, that's how you're going to get the best out of him. He is not a second-line player. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But I want Brodzinski back up. just put it with Amadio, and I don't understand why Stevens wasn't keeping that triple threat line together when it worked. And there's there's a very strange pattern here, guys, that I'm picking up with John Stevens, and I'm not liking it. And I'm, I'm not saying fire John Stevens. I'm not at that camp. I'm just saying he's making some decisions that's really just starting to bother me. And one of those decisions is, have you noticed, besides maybe the top line of Kobe, Brown, and Alex Iafalo when they're together, 
that whenever there's another line that gets red hot, Stevens breaks it up immediately. And I'm starting to think, okay, if he did it once, whatever. If he did it twice, could be a coincidence. But he's doing it a lot. Uh, Why are you sabotaging chemistry by mixing up the lines? I don't get that. But, uh, yeah, certain things Stevens was doing I do not agree with. I would not compare Reader to Brodzinski or Amadio. I would put them together, or I would put those two with Nate Thompson and uh, or even Andrew out to keep that triple threat together because the bottom six is a problem now again, and we need to get that fixed up. Yeah, I couldn't uh, could not agree more. And uh, so definitely some questionable decisions, and uh, I'm I'm right there with you, really across the board. Hey, uh, I know we're not going to uh, go too long here tonight because of the time, but uh, before we get to the NHL scoreboard, how about the uh, the Adrian Kempe goal, is that uh, his around-the-world swirl and uh, shoot move just amazing to watch? Beautiful, beautiful, pure skill. Uh, I remember goals he would score for, say, the Man- Manchester Monarchs during that run for the 2015 Calder Cup that they won, and as well with the Ontario Reign. This kid has hands. This kid has speed. This kid can play defensively. That's why I don't like... I, you know, when people put out rumors or just suggest that maybe trade Kempe for something, it's like, no, keep this kid because he's still so young and he's still learning. And that shootout goal is absolutely like it's a highlight reel type goal. I would just like to see Kempe shoot more and try to get some goals, um, you know, in regular play because I don't have the numbers up here with me right now. But, you know, Kempe was right up, up there with what? He had about 16 goals. And he's been stuck with 60 goals now for since January, maybe. Like, I'd have to look into it. But uh, we need some more offense out of him as well. Because uh, if he could get it going, too, at least that would help out with the bottom six. And that's an extra goal scorer that can help the Kings out. Um, he did his best in the shootout, and it was a beautiful goal. But I'd like to see him do more in regulation. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And, uh, before we wrap it up, too, and uh, do the scoreboard, uh, we have, uh, once again, a couple more games coming up here. But the one that I'm scared to death of is the dreaded afternoon game, uh, Saturday, uh. Kings playing New Jersey at home. And, jeez, uh, I, 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 and I, I say this with complete seriousness, next season the Kings should try to lobby and do everything possible uh, that they can to have no day games because their their luck in day games is just horrible. Uh, but they do face uh, Detroit coming up Thursday, and then once again that dreaded day game. And then coming up next week we have uh, not one, not two, not three, but four, count them, four road trip games, which means we will be on the air uh, each and every game whenever possible as the Kings uh, do their final uh, road trip there. Uh, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Colorado, Edmonton, of course, huge games there uh, against Minnesota and Colorado. I mean, they're all big from here on out, but uh, for the wild card race, Minnesota and Colorado, those games are huge. Uh, Coming back home once again then to face Calgary, uh, Arizona and the Ducks, once again, those are all huge games. And then once again, a couple more versus Colorado and Minnesota winding it up with Dallas. So uh, really – Wins, wins against the wins against Colorado, Minnesota, and Dallas could almost solidify the Kings' playoff hopes simply for the wild card. Only given that really all of those teams, 
uh, are, are potentially in the wild card hunt. And as we go around the NHL, uh, once again, it hurts that the Kings uh, shouldn't have got an extra point tonight because Canadians actually did their jobs downing the Dallas Stars 4-2. to two. Uh, Oilers didn't help the Kings at all. Uh, Flames went and won nothing there. Johnny Gaudreau uh, with the only goal. Uh, Avalanche actually uh, beaten the Wild 5-1. to one. We were needed uh, Minnesota to help us out there, but alas, it was not to be. Only other notable score here tonight was uh, Ottawa versus uh, the Lightning, uh, seven to four uh, Senators over the Lightning, and uh, Gabrick with a goal and an assist. So Gabrick now has nine on the season. Pretty funny when you consider that Carter already has six, and he missed the majority of the season. He's catching up to uh, Gabrick. At the at the end of the year, do you have any doubt that Carter will have more goals than Gabrick? I never doubt Carter, ever, for anything, yeah. even in a game of checkers like, or in a pizza-making <laughs> contest or a hot dog-eating <laughs> contest against Gabrick. I would never bet against Carter. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Jerry, we got to cut this show short tonight because uh, Jeff's on East Coast time and uh, just the game ran late. But uh, we're always going to be here. And once again, next week, four on the road. We'll be here every night. You call us back. All right, partner? All right, I will talk to you again. All right, see you, Jerry. Jerry. All, right. All right, take care, guys. All right, you got it, buddy. All right, Jeff. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, once again, we had more that we could probably talk about. Uh, only other thing we should mention is uh, uh, Gabe Velarde continuing to tear it up right now uh, in the OHL. Fifty-three points in twenty-nine games, uh, moving yes, right sir. up the depth chart. Let's go take a. Yeah, let's actually go take a quick look at uh, Kingston's uh, stats and see uh, where he yeah, ranks there's... now amongst uh, the Kingston players. Oh, he's there third. Go. Hang on. He's, he's third, third now in player. scoring for uh, Kingston. Yeah, th- third in scoring, and Kingston is third in the division. So uh, watch out for the front and axe because this Velarde kid is lighting the league on fire. And I remember you asking me recently on a previous show, Hip Check, if anybody around here was really talking about Velarde. And at the time, the answer was no, because he was playing up there in Kingston. But they talk about him now because he just can't stop (laughs) scoring. He could be setting up plays. He could be scoring goals. But 53 points in 29 games after missing half a year with a serious injury, Velarde is just lighting it up. And I cannot wait, knock on wood, if everything goes okay, please, hockey gods, that I will be there with my good friend Ryan Cowley in Mississauga covering the Mississauga versus Kingston game. And hopefully I could get a... Uh, a great view look at Velarde, how he's playing, uh, how what he's doing shift to shift. My eyes will not leave that kid uh, because I am very excited to see what he can do and uh, because he's been doing a lot. And, and again, Winter, what were you guys thinking? Reichel, I get it. But still, buddy, never assume anything, my friend. But, yeah, Velarde, fantastic. <laughs> And one thing I want to mention quickly before we we go, Hip, is that uh, on Friday, this past Friday, I was able to to cover the Kitchener Rangers game against the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds, who are also absolutely on fire. I mean, I believe they got already 50 wins or something like that. I I would have to look it up here. 
uh, uh, Sault Ste. Marie has 53 wins, 7 losses, 111 points just on a roll. And, of course, their goalie is Matthew Villalta, who got drafted by the Kings last summer. And he's been rocking and rolling so far this year with, excuse me one second, 40 wins, 5 losses, and one other. But here's my concern, hip check. He only has a 909 save percentage and a goals against average of 255. And watching him play live for the first time, and of course, I did my research and checked scouting reports and watched, you know, Sault Ste. Marie videos. I'm following their Twitter account just to get as much information as I can. And the one thing I noticed is he's, he is very good position, but I think it's actually hurting him, which is weird to say, considering that, you know, Sault Ste. Marie has 50 wins and he has 40 goals, but it's actually hurting him because Sault Ste. Marie is so good. They're always on the offensive zone. They're always attacking. So Velarde can go five, six, seven minutes without facing a shot. And then, you know, the other team comes by, say Kitchener comes by and takes a shot, and it goes right in. Like, his focus needs to be a little bit stronger. Um, he needs to bulk up just a little bit more just to be a little bit stronger. And uh, he needs a lot more action to face to see how he truly can play because they, uh, yeah, a 9.92 percentage, that's awful. Uh, it's way below average. And for a team that's, you know, that has 111 points and he has 40 wins, it should be way higher than that. And, uh, it was a close game. Kitchener won four, three, some of those goals, at least two of them, I thought, at least from my vantage point that Villalta should have made those saves, but, he looks bored out there because he's just, you know, standing standing there by his net while his team just attack in waves and waves. Like Sault Ste. Marie is very impressive to watch. So uh, I would like to see, you know, when Valalta finally makes that jump to, say, the Ontario Reign, I would love to see how Dusty Emo and as well as uh, Dusty Emu, uh, especially what Bill Ranford can do to say in training camp with this kid to try to get him focused where he'll start making those saves on a regular basis. He is strong positionally, but mentally, I think he loses a bit of focus, and it showed in that game, and it shows in his save stats. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I was going to ask you about that, so I'm glad you chimed in. Uh, but to give an analogy, you see this sometimes too uh, in professional football uh, when the the team that has an amazing offense that can you know score very quickly, you can see that their defense tends to get wore down a lot because they don't get a lot of resting time. Offense goes right. out there, scores a quick touchdown. The defense is out there far more than other teams. Therefore, they tend to get wore down. Hey, one other quick stat about Velarde before we wrap it up here. Uh, with 53 points right now, uh, he is actually 63rd overall in scoring, which, you know, you think 63, it's not top 10, not 25. But the fact that he's only played 29 games, uh, it stands out. Just an amazing stat when you really look at the league leaders uh, in, uh, you know, in the in the league. Really, if he if he plays 60 games, he's projected to over 100 points, which would actually put him right there in the, you know, the top top three, top four, uh, ahead of Nick Suzuki, for instance, a highly rated uh, yeah. prospect. Yep. And, you know, Jordan Cairo and some of these other guys that you, you hear a lot about. So just a little uh, note there. So, all right, hey, Jeff, it's late. I will uh, go ahead and let you uh, 
get, hit the hay. And, uh, geez, what a crazy game. We definitely could have talked about it a lot more, but because it was late, and I know you uh, are staying up well past your bedtime. I appreciate your help, and we'll talk next week, all right? Yeah, sounds good. Anytime, hip check. Go Kings, go. All right, you got it. Have a great night. And uh, from uh, Hockey Central, South Orange County, this is your old friend, Hip Check, Scott Cahill, saying goodnight, everybody. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with a little coked-up Elvis here. And why not have it introduce it uh, from our old this friend, Derek, Derek Army Armstrong. Armstrong, listening to L.A. Kings Road Talk. You're going to be closing this show with my good buddy, Elvis Presley, high as a kite on cocaine. Rock and roll never dies. Boom, shock, lock, boom. Cheers. <laughs> thanks, Derek. Have a great night, buddy. God, thanks for having me. Hey, woman, don't you treat me wrong? I'm in love with my Lord. Hey, hey, I don't what I say. I don't what I say. When you see me in misery, I'm hoping I'll be all right. Fantastic, thank you. You're a beautiful audience, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.